Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. I've been listening to this musical for a very long time, probably since sixth grade. Really? This is like an early deep cut for me. Wow. And the uh, backstage babble was my ringtone on my Razor flip phone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seriously. 100%. Yeah. That's so beautiful and pure. <laughs> Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theatre Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with ovations and Ovaltine. But probably not at the same time, because like, if you'd stand up too quickly with your Ovaltine... You'd go everywhere. You just can get Ovaltine everywhere. That's just awful. What nah. an awful thought. Ooh, um, that'd be a good name for musical, Ovaltine Everywhere. Ovaltine Everywhere? What would that be about? That sounds like a, like a kind of Edward Albee play. Ooh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like domestic, but but the Ovaltine mm, some, is something's going on. There is Ovaltine, and no one knows why. And no one knows why. Chekhov's that's, Ovaltine. Oh um, my god, that's we should do this. <laughs> this will be the making of us. Anyway, welcome yeah. back to the podcast. Jimmy and I have been I away know. writing a new musical called Ovaltine Everywhere. Ovaltine Everywhere, guys, premiering this uh, this season on Broadway. We're going to beat Frozen. It's going to happen. Out. <laughs> It's gonna happen. Um, no, we've had a lovely holiday. It's Did been you have summer. a lovely holiday? I had a lovely holiday. I visited family. I visited friends. Excellent. Yeah, it was great. Listened to a bunch of shows. All that jazz. Amazing. Well done. How about you? How about you? I've do you, been do you, becoming do you get a human. summer in Scotland? No. Okay. Actually, yesterday we got up to 26 degrees Celsius. Mm, so That must be much. hot, he says, as he Googles, Googles what that is in Fahrenheit. By the way, I didn't realize that America was literally the only place. That uses, I think that, uh, that's 78 degrees. That's very warm. Yeah. Thank you. It was. I sweated a lot. Um, but that's okay. Uh, yeah, I had an, I've had a lovely time. I have been cooking. I've been doing DIY, Tommy. You don't even Ooh, know me anymore. I don't even know you. You're like a whole new Who man. Is this man? I know. I'm shelves. I made shelves. Man. Look for, look for, look for Jimmy on your uh, Tinder. Swipe right on that. Eligible mask DIY bachelor. He'll build you shelves. And you can arrange them artfully. At the moment, I have my fan and my Jiminy Cricket stuffed toy proudly displayed. So <laughs> staying true to the roots, though, right? <laughs> staying true to the roots. Um, hey, T, what yeah. are you drinking today? I'm drinking too much. Get it? <laughs> Jimmy was worried about that's my actually, response. No, that's quite good. That's really good. <laughs> ah. Well, because I was going to say... I was because I can't think of anything. I was like, "Well, I'm, I'll have whatever you're having," ah, but well, that doesn't really work. No, but it still sounds about right. <laughs> Basically, neither of us came up with anything. Let us know <laughs> what you would be drinking whilst listening to this musical, and what musical could it be, Tommy? Well, we had a apparently very difficult quiz question, more difficult than I expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, in the the like month that we've been off, people got there in the end. That's true. That's really why we took a month off because no one had answered. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. Until you get it, we can't record. <laughs> Imagine if was, we made that rule, right? Ah, be awful. 
It was uh, one of my favorite numbers from this week's musical is actually parodied in an episode of Glee. Although they do not sing a song from the actual musical, the circumstances around the setting during the funny girl era of season five of Glee are a direct mirror of the circumstances and the setting of the number in this week's musical. Wow. That's a wordy question. That is a sentence. <laughs> um, what on earth could it be? It's applause. I feel groggy and weary and tragic, punchy and bleary and fresh out of magic, but alive, but alive, but alive. I feel twitchy and bitchy and manic, calm and collected and choking with panic, but alive, but alive, but alive. Can you cut to the Lady Gaga version right now? That's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so it's the Lady Gaga biopic. <laughs> musical applause um and uh, it, it, it could be it could be it's not actually i'd watch i'd watch lady gaga and applause i would the musical I, you know i think she needs a couple more years but i would too i'm uh, by the way i am waiting for her stage debut it has to happen it's, she's just I mean, too good she's gonna be a replacement in natasha pierre and the great comet of 1812 didn't you hear for pierre okay no don't toy with me <laughs> Because I was totally with it. I was like, I would have heard about that, though. I would have heard about that. Um, well, they're very open in Comet to, uh, like, gender bending. So yeah. you Lady, you never know. Ooh, Lady Gaga as the Comet. Like a, that would be a ridiculous dress, and she just sits up in the rafters. She just sits in the lights for the whole show. And it, like, briefly descends at the end. I would clap. Uh, I would totally. I would applaud. Yeah. Ah, speaking of. Say. Hey. Well, so our quiz question, Mm -hmm. there's a scene in season five of Glee where it's, I never watched a scene in five of Glee, Um, (laughs) where Rachel is in Funny Girl and forgoes her opening night party to go with with, uh, Kurt and Blaine and, you know, everyone else. Everyone, yeah. Everyone's in New York at that point. And they all, right, because that makes sense. It does, does, yeah. Uh huh. And they all go to the gay bar and sing Pump and Blood. And they're like, oh my God, you're Rachel. We aren't you in the show? Which is a scene from Applause, the exactly. 1970s musical. I know. It's about, I thought more people, maybe it is because nobody's watched season five of Glee. I think that's what it is. I think that might be it. Because it's, it's, this, it's the same in every way. They sing a different song, but even like <laughs> they steal lines. Yeah. From applause. Like, it's the exact same. Straight from applause. Um, you have yeah. to look up this. It's Being Alive from applause. There's a great telecast version of it. Ah, it's very gay and very wonderful. Yeah. Oh, we'll get to that telecast. Uh, we, oh, yes. We will get there. Um, but let's tell you a little bit about the show. Yeah. So, uh, music and lyrics by the wonderful Charles Strauss and Lee Adams. Strauss and Adams. Bye bye, Birdie. Um, Annie. Annie, well, we don't talk about that. No, um, we do. <gasps> Jimmy leaves the podcast. <laughs> Jimmy just walked out of his room. Okay, honestly, I cannot wait for once, and I cannot wait for Annie. If you thought Cats was difficult... I'm gonna die. Uh, Strauss and Adams wrote the music and lyrics for Applause, and it's got the book mm-hmm. by Comden and Green, too. Yes. Fabulous book writers. This is a dream team right It really here. is. And it, it shows. This is a, a well-written musical. 
Absolutely. And like a like um, a lost gem. No one talks about applause. Nobody anymore. ever talks about it. Exactly. Um and it did very well. So it opened in nineteen seventy on Broadway, it opened in the West End in seventy two, mm-hmm. had good runs in both locations, um, picked up the Tony Award for Best Musical. Lauren Bacall, who starred as Margot Channing, the lead, mm-hmm. uh, she won Best Actress. And it's it also did really, got, really well. It's got your fa- It's got Len Carreyou. It's got Bonnie exactly. Franklin. A um, bunch of other people. Um, so yeah, it's applause is basically a musicalized version of All About Eve, the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so it which is go, also great. Which is also fabulous, and you should watch. It did go through an interesting. I know. Not not quite legal battle, but the. They wanted to write this musical and, you know, called up whatever studio made All About Eve. Um, 20th Century Fox, maybe? Yeah, I think um, it was. And Fox was like, mm-mm, we're not going to give you those rights. And so they were like, okay. And then they bought the rights to the thing that All About Eve is based on, mm-hmm. which is a short story called The Wisdom of Eve. But yeah. then they got, like, halfway through writing the thing, and Fox changed their mind. I know. Um, which is the reason it's not called all about eve but it's instead called applause and yeah. doesn't have a lot of it's not like a movie adaptation it doesn't have a bunch of lines from the show except for maybe like fashion fasten your seat belts yep. um and a couple other snippets here and there um but because it was written long before they actually had the rights to use any of that i know so they've changed some stuff significantly mm-hmm. um so for example a lot of the characters from the film aren't in the musical and they've, they've been replaced ever so slightly so um, Margot's assistant mm-hmm. um, in the movie, I think it was called Birdie, mm-hmm. coincidentally. Um, <laughs> Get out of here. Well, you know, um, and uh, is now replaced very interestingly, and again, we'll talk about this, uh, by a gay hairdresser or hairstylist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that follows her everywhere she goes and is very loyal. Um and and so like the kind of character traits are the same, yeah. But, just but a lot of changes around. And so if you've never seen Applause or All About Eve or mm-hmm. read the short story, um, the it's a backstage plot. It's about middle age actress Margot Channing, um, who's opening a new show, a new play, um, and runs into super fan Eve, who yep. like insinuates herself into Margot's life and eventually yep. tries to supplant her as a younger, prettier face and Margot dealing with that kind of like underhanded current along with the politics of backstage life and producing and putting on a show. Yeah, exactly. She 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 really begins to question because she's she's one of the best. Margot Channing, everyone mm-hmm. knows, and everyone loves Margot Channing. Um, and she really begins to question, like, well, who who am I? Am I just become this icon, or do I have any sort of humanity? And there's there's lots of these deeper questions that get thrown into um, into into play. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 quite dark at times. It is. It very much is. Um, well, let's let's Welcome talk about to that. Welcome to the Philadelphia critics. Welcome, Librium and Nebutol. Welcome to a life of laryngitis. Welcome to dark toilets in the hall. Welcome to the flop you thought would run for years. Welcome to the world of fears and cheers and tears. Welcome to the theater with some luck. You'll be a pro You'll work and slave and scratch and bite You'll learn to kill 
You'll only come alive at night when you're in a show. Welcome to the theater, you fool. You love it so. I described this musical to my boyfriend as a psychological thriller. Yes. Do you, I mean, it's not a psychological thriller, I think, in the same way we term movies that are psychological thrillers that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the drama and the question of the show is whether or not Margot is crazy for thinking these things of Eve, or whether Eve is actually evil and is yeah. trying to do these things intentionally. And you don't yeah. you don't really find out to the end, or near the end, if Eve did these things on purpose, or uh-huh. if Margo's or being paranoid. Did them on purpose, but did it with, like, was she, did she do it with malice? Or, right. you know, was she just just kind of doing what needed to be done kind of thing. Do you exactly. Know I mean? And it's, it's her intentions that really get called into question. So I actually think that's a really good descriptor of it. Yeah. Because especially, I mean, the film, it, it could easily be described as that. It's definitely a psychological thriller, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's no whatever happened to Baby Jane, Bette Davis. <laughs> um, but it's definitely got that kind of gaslighting vibe yeah i think the the reason i i pedal back a little bit from fully terming it a psychological thriller Mm -hmm. is because it's still a strauss and adams musical yeah like it's still like at the end of the day we're gonna sing the song and it's in a major key so you know it's happy like exactly it it doesn't quite it gets dark but we're not talking spring awakening levels of dark yet. No, it's, we're exactly. still we're still in the seventies. Yeah, it's it's a lot. There's a, so much fun and so much camp fun. But I think that's a really what's really good about it, and what Condon mm. and Green have done really really well is kind of struck up that balance. Yeah, do you know what I mean? That you've got drama that's real. Yeah, um, and really kind of interesting characters, mm-hmm. and yet you have some really kick-ass numbers that are catchy and fun. And yeah, you feel and you can unique, swing back and forth between all of them. Without thinking, without being too jolted out of your seat. Absolutely. Um, and even the ending itself is kind of bittersweet. Yeah. It's not yeah. It's not fully like, oh, fantastic, everyone's happy. It's, no. it's like, oh. It's kind of dark. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then everyone marches out back on stage to sing the title song because exactly. it's musical theater. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so let's go kind of through the characters. Let's talk about the characters because I think the yeah. characters in the show are... Fantastic! It's really a, it. It is very a character-driven show. Um, you know, they are deep, fully fleshed-out people. Um, absolutely from reality. Like you mm. could meet any of these people. I always think it's it's really fascinating that. Um, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but I <laughs> I learned about applause and its main character Margot Channing the same time I learned about Hello Dolly and its forever actress Carol Channing. Yeah. Um, and I ever I always wondered if that was intentional. I know. Um, well, I guess because she was Margot Channing in the film. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. What so. was Carol Channing doing? She must have been about 40 when, when the film was made in the, in the 50s. Because she's at least 174 at the right, moment, yeah. right? Every, she walks off stage and they cyrogenically suspend her for, like, <laughs> exactly. until the, the next show. Can work. Yeah. With a big, can work. a big smile. On there. Man, I want to see a, <laughs> a sci-fi thriller where like in the year 2060, someone breaks into an abandoned Broadway theater and they like wipe off this like giant closet in the corner and there's 
Carol Channing's smiling face just frozen. Barely, exactly. <laughs> just like the makeup still perfectly done. <laughs> doing the eyelashes individually like And they, they open the door and it goes... Oh, well, hello. Wow, <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> I, are, are we doing another revival? <laughs> I'll get the dress. <laughs> oh, man. That could easily happen. We've just, That's just reality. That's just the future. That's just how it's going to be. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so uh, maybe Carol Channing was named after Margot Channing. Maybe. Wouldn't be surprised. That wouldn't work either. That's because how of time. It, it but, does work for her. Um, it does. It absolutely does. Margot no, Channing. It, I know what you mean. Ch- child star, you know, much beguiled by everyone um, and very worried about, I think, very rightly worried about losing her edge. Very down-to-earthly worried about that. It doesn't seem yeah. like a paranoia. Um, you know, the, yeah. the, the plot is she's playing well, a character much younger than she is in this show. Um, mm-hmm. And certainly gets great reviews, but, you know, there's there's that voice in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. And I think, so this this gets compared a lot to Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, you know, and rightly so, you know, both old Hollywood musical adaptations mm-hmm. with an aging star mm-hmm. in, in its lead. Um, but I think where Margot Channing completely differs from Norma Desmond is the fact that she is very down to earth. Yeah. And she is very kind of grounded and aware. Yeah. Um, well, and it is, I mean, that even, it comes from the structure of the show. Like, we start um, after the show, and we see Margot presenting the Tony to Eve. Yeah. And then it's, you know, freeze frame, well, I bet you're all wondering how I got here. And then yeah, that's the exactly. musical. Um, and so, like, even starting from there, it's not aging Margot Channing in her apartment alone, smoking a cigarette at the long end of a cigarette holder, and like, exactly. ah, I once was an actress. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, like, Margot Channing is a working actress in this. Yeah. And continues to be. Is. Yeah. In, like, embracing her age, and that's kind of, you know, I would call that maybe hashtag the moral of the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, so at the end, you know, what she talks about is is this idea, and, and at the end as well with... um with Eve, mm-hmm. uh, she kind of gets left alone and, and she leaves the Tonys to go back by herself because she's lost her any hope of like a fun, sociable life yeah. um, because of the sacrifices that she's made in order to get to the top yeah. um, and the things that she's done to get to the top. Uh, and it's, it's what Margot has this realisation that that could, that could be me. Mm-hmm. I could, if I want to keep going, yeah, completely cut myself off from everyone and, and become that kind of Norma Desmond character, right? Um, but she chose to have a, a normal life. Yeah, she chooses. I mean, she chooses humanity. She chooses mm-hmm. to get married to Bill. That's all. The you know penultimate song is something greater, where yeah. she sings about there. You know, there's more to life than just the characters we play on stage. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So let's talk a little bit about Eve. Mm-hmm. Oh, great character. Terrifying character. Such a great character, right? Yeah. Like, really, is, really is interesting. The, what is real, what is not. Um, yeah. And, like, and what is, is right and what is not. Yeah, yeah. And how is she... So, the, we, I, I've talked, I'm sure, a couple times now about my two different theories of mysteries and, like, two mm-hmm. different ways that mysteries are portrayed on screen. This is mm-hmm. very 
very much um, the murder she wrote style of mystery as opposed to the exactly. Columbo style of mystery. Yeah. Um, like you don't know whether to trust Eve until everyone knows. Yeah. Um, it, it's not like it's telegraphed to you right from the beginning that like, watch out for her, watch out Absolutely. for her. Absolutely. Um, which is just, it's done so beautifully. Yeah. I mean, so like in her first scene when she meets Margot, basically she's she's seen every preview that Margot's done of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she says that she's come and spent all of her money seeing this because she's just such a big fan of Margot. And obviously Margot is like, wow, you've completely made love to my ego. Yeah. Um, come and be my assistant. And, and they form this really kind of tight bond and Eve kind of becomes her shadow. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I just think about that quite a lot because I'm like, that happens so much. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We and know then, people that are exactly like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, we're... Yeah. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it the business? Uh, I mean, of course, yeah. you know, we stand on our podium. It shouldn't be the business. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But then there's that question of like, if everyone else is doing it, how are you going to make it ahead? I mean, yeah. It, 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 like, there's no... We, we kind of talk about this quite a lot, um, specifically when we talk about, like, L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no question that if you want to get ahead, you have to do something. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have to really kind of act on it, and just your talent alone right. won't often won't project you there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. While also acknowledging that that's kind of awful. Um, yeah. But Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. And that's the thing, is it's, it's where... Where you kind of check your humanity. Yeah. At what stage do you do that? Yeah. And, you know, that's the show. It's like, uh, it's, we'd, you know, look at it face first with a couple songs in the middle. Um, For sure. So what what do you think? What's your kind of feeling about Eve? I think she's evil. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think she's dead on evil. Partially, I forget, I think the story changes between the stage musical and the telecast, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. But she has some sob story about how, I think it's that her husband died or something like yes. that. That ends up being absolutely bullshit and totally made up. Um, and like, to, you know, that is where it crosses the line to me. If she was just a, you know, I I love you, Margot Channing. I love watching this show. I am your biggest fan. Oh, now I'm so excited. This is absolutely the best night of my life. That's one thing. But to create these things so early on, that to me it reads as evil. And then to watch like her reprise of um, Alive at the end yeah. of One Halloween, that's when I'm like, ah, yes, this is... This is, you know, not like this is a warning story, not a do what it takes story, I yeah. would say. Yeah, definitely. I don't think I don't think there's no point where Eve is portrayed as like, hey, get this good option. Right. You know, totally yeah. viable. Um, but it's, I don't know, because what, at what point do you think she decided like, hey, do you know what? Mm-hmm. I could do this. Yeah. I don't know. Because I, mean, I don't it, think it happened straight at the start. I don't yeah. think she's that why well, I, I maybe she is, but I would I would hope to think that she wasn't that uh what's that word? Like I like guess malicious, of, like Yeah, and just I don't want to say psychopathic, that's not what I but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like that 
like have the plan from the, like there's not a bulletin board in Eve's apartment with a bunch of pictures of Margot Channing <laughs> yeah, and a map and a like bunch of darts you know yeah, yeah exactly or like strings yeah. attaching the different like here's the plan conniving that was the word conniving I was there conniving. you go she's de- yeah I was ho- I would hope that she wasn't you know I've planned this and at the second I walk into this room you're doomed mm-hmm. to Margot Channing I yeah. don't think that that would happen but yeah. I can totally see the closer she gets yeah she sees an opportunity. Yeah. I do think that's the fact that this show sets you up to be on the precipice mm-hmm. is its beauty. Like yeah. if it fully fell into one category or the other, um, yeah. it would be less of a show. Um, yeah, definitely. Like the fact that you walk out of the theater and like Eve gets, m- I think m- and a, more than her comeuppance and, un- and like an uncomfortable amount of comeuppance. Absolutely. Um, you know, she spends the show conniving maybe or maybe not, but flirting in and out of these plans um, and then plans to, you know, sleep with this playwright buzz who is gonna help her move to the top. And then like all good villains sings her plans out loud um, yep. where she is confronted by, uh, Howard, the producer, and yeah. Howard, the producer, is like, ah, well, this is the end of that. You're going to be in love with me now, because yeah. otherwise everyone's going to learn about what a sham you are. Yeah, um, exactly. And, and like, so Howard has done some research and has mm-hmm. basically found out that she's been leading this double life. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she's made a fake name. Her husband's still alive. And yet here she is getting ready to get married to Buzz. Right. Um, who's already got a wife and it's the best friend of Margot Chat. You know, it's yep. very, very, yeah. she's weaved a very sticky and tricky web. And Howard um, calls her out and then like <laughs> hits her. So, right. So let's, let's just jump on this for a little bit. This is so dark. This that, is so, so dark. That Watching the telecast, I, I like had to pause for a second because yeah. it was, and I, I couldn't, like, I hated where my mind went at the very beginning because my first reaction, mm-hmm. this is awful, but my first reaction was like, were, was this more acceptable in the 70s? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I was is like, this is, this a a t- is this a time thing? Like, hmm. are there other m- dramas and movies where, like, we've physically hit women? It's just, it, like, physically pained me to watch it happen. Absolutely. Um, and it's so the thing is as well is it's very different from the way it rolls out in the movie yeah very yeah. very different so he, again it's, it's the same kind of idea you know he um uh, what's his name in the the movie addison mm-hmm. um knows kind of all of her lies and, and works all that out and basically what he ends up saying to her is um that uh, i've got the quote so it's like he says you're an improbable person even so am i um, also, you have a contempt for humanity and an ability to love and be loved, insatiable <laughs> ambition and talent. Um, and he basically just calls her out and is like, we're the same and yeah. now you belong to me. Yeah. And, and she's she's like bawling to death on a yeah. bed. And like, and, but the thing, the thing about that one is, is it's not, there's no sexual element to it. Yeah. It's very much just like, I you have a lot to give the world and I can use that. And it's very just, it's all career based. Whereas this in the musical is suddenly sexual. It is, it is dark and uncomfortable. It's really, really, really dark. Um, and horrible because, because that's the thing is like, you're like, does Eve deserve that? Like, does she deserve to be someone's sex slave? Like, and like, absolutely not. Yeah, no, ex- exactly. But but, but it feels, if, blah, blah, you know? Yeah. 
It's it, I I would call this deep and dark to put in a musical from the seventies, mm-hmm. like especially you know a, a marching a happy, happy Charles <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like bam. Like, it was only five minutes ago we were dancing in a gay club. Now, yeah. you know, someone's being abused. Yeah. Like. This this show's filled with that. Like, the end of Act One, um, Margot has her Welcome to the Theater song. Oh, my gosh. Which I had totally mischaracterized until I had, like, reread it and listened to it a couple times. Yep. Um, like, it's filled with these, like, you know, record scratch kind of back-to-reality moments. Totally. It's so cutting. Yeah. It's great, though. Um, but that's the thing is, is I think because if you think back to the start of the the show, um, and I guess at the end of the show as well, uh, where um, you know she's there winning the Tony for Best mm-hmm. Actress, mm-hmm. And you're like, but now you know what she's living with, and now yeah. you know how she's gotten there. You yeah. just pity her. You yeah. have that with so much pity for her. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. What I wonder. I would love to love to see a. <clears throat> I would love to see a new revival of this. That, uh-huh. that goes, that dives into that kind of cutting drama of it a little more. Because sure. in the 70s version, you know, um, Eve gets slapped by Howard and, you know, gets dragged off to nowhere. Um, and then Margot comes back on completely oblivious to kind of this new, like, she never actually finds out about how shady, like, she never gets confirmation that Eve is what she thinks she is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, has this, you know, kind of bittersweet, uplifting something greater song with Bill. Um, and then everyone marches out on stage and it's like, why do we do this thing? Oh, right. Because people clap for us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like, with just just a little, a little pushing, a little tweaking, this becomes a really, really dark show. Yeah, and I think I think 2017 18 audiences are ready for that kind of thing for sure like what i want is i want it to get the 2008 gypsy treatment yes absolutely you know what i mean where yeah. it's just you look at this book that is there and it's got all the goods are there mm-hmm. it just needs someone to really just just tell a different story with it make yeah. it a little bit more yep. ambiguous well this is why so um when you know uh one halloween that eve sings with the line that my father said wash your face you look like a whore like we're already deep cuts here. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see the tweaking of it ends in a reprise of I'm alive, Margot's song from the beginning, where she's like, Oh, the world is great. I'm so alive. And then Eve is like, but now I'm alive with just a couple tweaks, the alive motif and Eve's kind of future sabotage of Margot. You could do some fun things with, well, she's alive for now. And like, really like push eve into a darker kind of character wow like what plot would where would she go next like i i think there are there's a (laughs) real undertow of darkness in this kind of show there totally is i think there totally is and it's it's because the characters like gypsy are Mm. so well fleshed out and they're beautifully rounded Mm -hmm. that you can take that you can tell many different stories just using them yep um so can someone do it, please? Yeah. Reply, reprise of applause. Exactly. Coming to a Broadway near you. Absolutely. Arthur Lawrence. Imagine if he was still here. He would do it. <laughs> Sadly. Um, I'll do it. All right. 
Look I've forward shot, to a it. shotgun Broadway. Shotgun, a shotgun, shotgun Broadway. Bit. Is that how that works? <laughs> I think that's how it works. Yeah. Do you have I'm to like sure. like stand on a chair in Times Square with like a megaphone, and you're like shotgun on the next grease? I call it. It's mine. No one touch grease. I think that's how it works. <laughs> it's gonna be Donny Osmond O'Donnell. and Rosie O'Donnell. You've said it now. You've put it out into the world. <laughs> <laughs> the thought is there. Sandy. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? Best night of my life is here, is now. Knowing you has got to be the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. If I could freeze this moment. Okay, so Tommy, you're gay. What? Who told you? someone um yeah i'm gay too what what who told you (laughs) (laughs) oh i was gonna say something horrible no um so as as gay men um Mm -hmm. we we are represented in this show exactly we should be very interested in applause the musical yeah um it's maybe one of the earliest overt representations of gay culture um Mm -hmm. like explicit Mm -hmm. gay culture which is you know more and less true like it's i've done a three-part video series on being gay in musical theater applause is featured um so the history is murky and it depends on what you mean when you talk about like because there are obviously all sorts of coded closeted gay representations and all sorts of pieces of musical theater or representations of the gay code that people use in real life in musical theater. Um, but this is certainly the per- first show where we go to a gay bar and it's just kind of a gay bar. And yeah, exactly. It's, it. just, it's literally just a, a gay bar like, right. with, with guys there. Like, it's not like we're going to a gentleman's club or something. Yeah, exactly. Or like, uh-huh. it's like, it's, I wanted to go out with some friends in the village and didn't think you would like it because it is a gay bar. Yeah, exactly. And then she's like, no. She's like, not <laughs> like it. I'm Margot Channing. Um, Absolutely. As you would. Um, but yeah, so I mean, if we, if we kind of look at the world, let's mm-hmm. do a big big thing if we look at the world at this time um we had just had um all the business at stonewall mm-hmm. yeah stonewall um, is uh 1969 in June. 69, so literally the year before um and basically that in in many ways was the start of the gay liberation movement yeah in it, it is a it is a milestone yeah um absolutely um and particularly in new york you know yeah. um so it, to me, this is a complete callback to that. Yeah, you know, I mean this this scene, you know, that we talk about um, in but live uh, is a beautiful celebration of a gay club, which was mm-hmm. the complete center of the whole Stonewall riots. Yeah, um, and I, to me, I just think it's just too coincidental. Yeah. Do you oh, know what I, I mean? That it has as to be, Charles Strauss would be writing this. Yeah. 
You know, and, and there's it, nothing. It's not like there's nothing in the source material. Nope. You know, Betty Davis doesn't hop off to a gentleman's club <laughs> to feel good about herself. Like, right. She doesn't <laughs> even have a gay hairdresser best friend. Like exactly. This all is manufactured and created, and like yeah. this is, and it's never. I would. I'd have to. I wasn't watching particularly for this, but mm-hmm. none of the existence of gay in the show is ever looked down upon or like there is nothing it is just it's, a part of society it's like the opposite it's like you feel like oh my god this is so nice like yeah. which everyone's so normal <laughs> right which you know for someone who grows up today and watches modern family your reaction might be like oh of course but a year ago they were like yanking people out by their hair from right. a gay bar for being gay right. it was um, the nightly raids it was like you're wearing far too many female clothing Right. You're going to be arrested. Yeah. Like, this happened every night. Yeah. And so to put it on stage in a Tony Award-winning musical, it's also, I mean, and then the fact that it won Best Musical, it's yeah. a, like, that is a vote of support from a giant community. Because, of course, because, of course, the Broadway theater community is very gay, because that's right. how these things work. Um, but it's like... It's a way to say this is who we are, this is how we exist, and it's a part of our art and a part of our existence, you know, and we're not, we're not going to hide it, which has been yeah. the rallying cry for 50 years now. Exactly. And, you know, who knew that there was something sitting in 1970 yeah. that was so overtly fine and overtly celebratory yeah. of gay culture? Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, Margot Tanning even has a, like, I can't remember... Um, the the only time you ever find out that, that Dwayne is specifically gay, mm-hmm. um, apart from the whole going to a gay club thing, um, <laughs> is just before when he's he's saying like, I've got a date. And she's like, well, bring him along. And she says it as if it's the most matter of fact and normal thing. Yep. It's not like, well, the guy that you're bumming is right. obviously going to be up for a great night because yeah. you know what you gays are like. And she Do doesn't you know I mean? like wiggle her eyebrows to the audience to be like, well, bring him along like exactly it's like gays right big big arrow point it's like this is this is a part of life absolutely and and at that a minor part of life which is so much better totally Um, and then we get and then we get there mm -hmm. and everyone's just like totally normal there's no like weird like leather man yeah. fetishy you yeah. know mincing about the place right it's Everyone's not like just... the you walk in and you know the village people are standing in a line on a table and like right exactly you know, we we are far from the parody of keep it gay in the producers and like you know, it's my yeah. production team you know yeah we're like, so far from that like we're yeah it's a completely different they're just, and like it's, it's Again, to contemporary eyes, they are from the 70s, so they do look kind of weird, but that's just because, you know, the 70s generally look weird. And I would if I could. I absolutely. (laughs) Um, But even even then, though, and I Mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm just like, I'm now looking to this scene as I'm like, Mm -hmm. this is one of the best representations of queer culture Oh, absolutely. Because, like, there's no, like, not everyone is, like, an Adonis. So I was watching the Glee scene. I was watching Mm -hmm. Pumpkin Blood. Mm -hmm. Um, For the record, I don't enjoy I think it's a the poor scene or Glee. Uh, the scene in Glee. That yeah, scene uh-huh. in Glee. I have some I compl- serious problems. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. I was like, I've never been to a gay club that looks like that. Nope. Um, 
And I'm not talking about, you know, like, because Leah Michelle's walking around the place, but right. I've never been to a gay club where literally everyone has a six pack. Yeah. Um, 90% of the people are shirtless. Yeah. Um, or or where Cord Overstreet can walk up to the DJ bu- booth and be like, oh, yeah, let me <laughs> do gonna this. going to have these headphones. Like, do you know what I mean? No. Exactly. Or, or, let's be honest, where in the next scene they all stumble into their apartment the next morning and they're all, like, talking and being, you know, quippy with each other. Absolutely. No. So silly. Absolutely not <laughs> not realistic at all um but yeah so here's glee which and now i am a huge fan of glee mm-hmm. right i will never like glee is extremely important in my life it's been extremely important in many people's lives yeah i'm not calling it out but for glee to not do something as well that applause did yeah <laughs> in 1970 is is like, a little ridiculous and like i do think is. that's some of the criticisms of contemporary you know i i uh, to a certain extent i think we have will and grace to blame for this for tv stuff don't get me wrong love will and grace yeah, but but i know they mean. set us up with this stereotype that exists and you know you see it in modern family you see it in i think just about most prime time sitcom representations of gay life and maybe why that's why this one is different because it started as a musical you know doesn't have to go past the family values league or you know appease viewers in texas um and yeah but like a lot of contemporary representation is seeped in stereotype and like can i so i i feature that clip of mario channing walking to the gay bar in my uh gay youtube saga when talking about the gay phenomenon saga, right yes <laughs> um the phenomenon of diva worship among <laughs> gays and gay musical theater and it's a thing and no one knows quite why but it's hard to argue that it doesn't happen Absolutely. um this idea that you know whether you say judy or barbara or elaine or angela like you can name these these ladies by their first name and gay men will be like yeah i know who you're talking about Absolutely. um and, and they'll be like yes right yes. or they'll be like mm, but she you know she um and so like totally a thing and this gay bar scene of you know margot channing walking in and everyone turning their head and going margot channing uh-huh. um the week i finished my script writing and filming for those videos because there's some live stuff and then it took me about a month to do that was the week before i left chicago for colorado almost a year yeah. ago now um and the and a lot of it entails my trip to my gay bar in chicago which holds a musical theater night which is a big part of the culture the week following at musical theater night war paint the musical was previewing in chicago and they have monday nights off so patty lapone decided she was going to go to the gay bar and one i got plenty of snapchats and texts that were like you left at the wrong moment but from everything i can tell it was exactly like the scene in the why would it be any different why would it be any different uh, but also, let's just pause for a second and have a minute silence of the horrible, horrible irony of that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm still not over it, and you told me a year ago. Uh, it's so... my. I got one of my favorite videos is Patty Lapone from the back. She sat, like, at the bar. Um, and they have these big TV screens all over that they play musical theater at all night. And they put up Patty Lapone in Anything Goes. And, like... You see Patty do this like, ah, why? No. (laughs) And it's so funny. (laughs) Have you still got that video? Uh, It was a Snapchat. Uh, 
It's gone. Gone forever. God damn you, Snapchat. Um, well, if anyone was there in Musical Mondays <laughs> that night, that footage, we'll stick it in the show notes for all to see. Um, uh, but yeah, but- it's like, I, if, if, I mean, I can only imagine my reaction mm-hmm. if anyone like that walked yeah. into a bar. And that's why this feels so nice to have this in the show, is because it feels so honest and truthful and, you know, it's good to see yourself on stage sometimes, as yeah. we say just about every every podcast. No, but, absolutely. but I just feel like, I mean, really thinking about it, I'm like, there isn't many other, there aren't, sorry, there aren't many other opportunities mm-hmm. where I see something that's so normalized. Yeah. So I mean, normalized. you could probably count them on one hand. I would call this, I would call, you know, Falsettos in a New Brain, yep. um, Fun Home, um, but you don't get a lot of like honest, non-stereotyped gay representation. You Absolutely. know, Im- even you look at Glee and stuff, and like it, count every time Sue Sylvester insults Kurt by calling him Twinkle Toes or Swivel Hips or something. Yeah, like there's and yes, it's it's funny and insulting, and uh-huh. it's because the character kind of is, and like not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but it, it seems when that's all you see is yeah. that specific flamboyant stereotype. You know, uh-huh. even the most flamboyant men I've met are mo- more multidimensional than the flamboyant gay characters I see on television. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. I mean, like, because like to give, I mean, to give Ryan Murphy's juicy certainly he's done a lot. But yeah, and like, putting him on TV at all is great for sure. Um, but I do, I do agree. There, there's still an element of. Like, kind of until Blaine came along. Sorry, we're going to talk and analyze Glee. <laughs> Sorry, I'll do my own podcast later about it, guys, if you want to hear it. Um, but, like, until Blaine came on the scene, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, there was... I actually really struggled to kind of empathize with Kurt, even though we're extremely similar in many, many ways. But, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not very interested in fashion. And mm-hmm. I'm not very interested in, like, a, a nice things and appearing, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. So... To me, that is still sitting on like the stereotype. Yeah, and then Blaine comes in, um, and obviously is hideously attractive, but he it kind of was this this very normalized yeah. gay man. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So very proud of the fact he's gay. Um, very, uh, you know, absolutely fine with the fact he's gay. Yeah. But what was quite nice is, you know, he fell in love with the flamboyant gay character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was a bit like, okay, cool. I'll give yeah, you that. That was I do call you that. Yes. Just and, to give just to give Glee its plaudits. And I will say, to maybe applause's discredit, the character is a gay hairdresser. And yes. <laughs> does not need to be a hairdresser for the plot at all. I don't maybe he touches Margot's hair once or twice throughout the course yeah, of the there's show. Not, there's not the the famous hairdressing scene. Right. Yeah. No. Like he <laughs> where could, all of the exposition takes. He could place, he like. could be a gay stagehand and uh, the plot would not be any different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I mean it's like that is the steps that we yep. somehow we took great strides with Charles Strauss yep. and then somehow along the line we fell back for 20 years 30 like years 30 years let's give it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's true it's we're it's we're spinning we're spinning in a gay tornado yeah absolutely um so yeah it's it's totally that great girl with the maybelline eyes acting like she knew the score it's nay radio i never saw that girl before 
permanent grin And the stockings with the seams Did that kid with the caps on her teeth Launch a million G.I.'s dreams Where is she, that girl of yesterday? With her falsies leading Lou Ayres astray Boogie woogie baby Girl with the chic I do kind of want to talk about the original movie because something I've been reading a lot about. Yeah, um, is and, and like you just kind of mentioned about coded homosexuality mm-hmm. and how prevalent that is in All About Eve. Really, I haven't. Yes. I didn't. I guess I wasn't looking particularly for it. <clears throat> so it's it's not. It, I mean, it kind of is there. So mm-hmm. mostly in the character of Eve, mm-hmm. um, and it, it kind of paints it out at the start that. Here is this um, kind of young ingenue who is completely besotted and obsessed mm-hmm. with this older, beautiful actress. I guess that's true. You kind of have something implicit there to begin with. Yeah. And then kind of throughout the movie, there are many, many lines where it, it, it is very kind of coded. Hang on, I do have examples. Give me a wee second. So, for example, yeah, so Margot says to Birdie, her her maid, her assistant, um, and she says, well, she thinks only of me, doesn't she? Uh, and then Birdie's like, well, let's say she thinks only about you. Um, very, you know. That's, right. Very, that's like, a, to someone not looking for the nudge-nudge is nothing, but if the nudge-nudge is there. Absolutely. Um, and there is this line, so when she's um, drunk at the party, mm-hmm. um, just before she goes to bed... Uh, She's like, uh, Margot says, Eve would um, take my clothes off, tuck me in, wouldn't you, Eve? And then Eve kind of very sultrily says, if you'd like. Mm. And then Margot, classic Betty Davis, she's like, I wouldn't like, and then turns away. It's fabulous. Um, <laughs> and so to me, it's like, it's very... yeah. It's very, it's implicit. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not even that coded. Yeah, um, I guess it's not that coded. I guess I wonder, because from my, it's not, well, then I don't know. You're making yeah. me question my whole life, Jimmy. Um, oh, no, I'm so sorry. But, like, if you... Because I think that's less so in the musical, maybe because we've offloaded some of this gay coding onto an overt gay character. I, um, I would agree. But I wonder in the movie, if you look at the movie as if, you know, there is some lesbian tension going on there, mm-hmm. how that colors things. I'm yeah. going to have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch watch again with that kind of in mind and think about it as a different tone. But right. um, one of the things that I've read about, and it's not, it's not something I really knew about, um, mm. was obviously, so this was filmed uh, very much like a Cold War movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the tone at the time was that um, if you were a homosexual, you were a communist. Absolutely. You were a communist sympathizer. Um, and... Uh, the, these were b- bad people um and she appears uh the first time you see her she appears in a trench coat uh, do you know what i mean and, and so it's very get some kind of militarized masculinized yeah. um and again it's just these little references and obviously she is the main antagonist yeah of the whole piece yeah. um and it is very much this you know this lesbian actress <laughs> is nothing but trouble and there's a comment you know it's vi- like during this right. mccarthy era it was a big thing yeah. and totally just this kind of yeah. sneaky sneakily that's implied. great um and then so with the character of addison mm-hmm. who's howard the producer yes um it, it's so important well it's it's interesting that in the film it's not sexual and right he says you know we have the inability to love and be loved 
basically you know mm-hmm. old olden days talk for gay right. um and he's basically saying that i'm gay too you're gay we're gonna be gay together and be evil it's basically you know what i mean like that's <laughs> that is kind of what that uh-huh. speech amounts to um which is why it's very interesting in the musical that element is completely flipped it's on its totally head. gone everyone everyone who's straight is very straight except for the one gay character who's gay yeah exactly yeah. um and I, I, again, just like another note that um, the obviously the characters of Margot and, and Bill mm-hmm. and Karen, and I think in the movie it's called Dylan, mm-hmm. but um, the uh, Buzz, yes, um, are like the pictures of you know perfectibility and aspiration. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean, Betty Davis gives up everything in order yeah. to be a housewife. Um, Karen is there and she is at the, you know, the perfect picture of a house. And it's this like family values are very important. Um, <laughs> Please don't bring us into the McCarthy hearings because you think we're like, but yes, America. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's very, very interesting to look at that and then mm-hmm. look at the musical and see, well, what has changed? Yeah. Because with the inclusion of um, the, uh, but alive scene mm-hmm. in the gay club. Yeah. I almost, I'm almost like, where are they aware? Were Combs and Green aware of all of this kind of implicit homophobia mm-hmm. in the original film that they were like, we're just going to flip that on its head so nobody's yeah. confused. Right. Do you know like, what I mean? There is, because we are in the land against homophobia. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because they are, there's no, there's no reason to have that scene in there. Right. It's whatsoever. just a, No, there's no, nothing to do with the plot. I mean, it gives Eve the best night of her life, but she already, like, that could have just happened being backstage or yeah. going to the opening night party. Yeah, going to um, the party. You know, she might have been, you know, everyone's there fawning over it. Like, that would be great. Yeah, especially, you know, uh, Margot, like, forgoes Bill, and then Eve is her stand-in Bill, and then they have a great time that night. For sure. But instead, it's, we go to the gay bar. Yeah, exactly, and have a yeah. great time and do a lovely dance number. Yeah. Uh, so it very interesting. That's fascinating. Very, very interesting. So watch it again with that. I will. In mind. I do. Did you know uh-huh. that in, in, I think, like, mid-70s, Betty Davis came out and she was very in support of, of gay rights? So I did not know that. I'm learning Davis. all sorts Love, of new things yeah. on this podcast. And it, it, I mean, it kind of makes sense because... She was she was a quintessential gay diva. Yes, absolutely, and still is. What a gal! <laughs> Jimmy is wearing a Betty Davis T-shirt right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I wish I I wish I owned a Betty Davis T-shirt. Someone send Jimmy a Betty Davis T-shirt. Oh my god! Do that. PO box. <laughs> I don't know. I get one. <laughs> Just write it on the box. PO box. I don't know. AKA Jimmy. It'll make. Yeah, it. exactly. And that will get to me. So you can watch this musical right now. Oh, you can. Mostly, you mostly legally. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it, let's. Ugh, I mean, it's not a. It's not a bootleg. There was a 1973 um, telecast 
yeah. like made for TV version of this literally, show, literally like with that. with sets and things, and you know you can find a crappy version of it online. I this is as someone who traffics in like tiny clips of pieces of musical theater to add to videos. Um, I have been looking for years for the full video version of this without the time code at the bottom. No, it's if anyone out there has it, please send contact me. Um, but it's weird because it doesn't make sense that it's got the time code there because right. on the one on YouTube, I'm sure it's the same one that we've seen. Uh-huh. Um, there's like. Uh, commercials at the end yeah no but they're not 70s commercials they're no so it must have been it's so i always wonder these things about like long lost footage of things like that like what who kept this on vhs or like who worked at the channel and also plugged in their own betamax exactly. on the day to like take this home because they loved lauren bacall so much but anyway you can watch the whole thing on right now and it's pretty i would imagine it's a very faithful representation of the stage play from the like tony performances that exist um and the other yeah. like stage representations of this it looks dead on um yeah. lauren bacall's in it len carew is not um so you know a couple casting changes but other than that dead on so it's apparently it's um a lot of the london cast oh really uh, that are in it yeah apart from uh lauren bacall um the guy playing buzz and karen okay um, that makes sense but bonnie thingy isn't in it and lane carrie mm-hmm. isn't in it yeah it's okay um it's still very good it's, it's, it's really great and i think you're right i think it is very true just from in yeah. terms of choreography mm-hmm. it seems like it's the exact same yeah. oh applause um, the whole number especially if you're in the camp where you've listened to the cast recording but have never oh, seen this watch oh applause because it's like 20 minutes longer than it is on the cast recording i like i screamed and <laughs> i don't want to give any spoilers away because i think it needs to be just experience oh like, it's pretty great but, you know, listen to it in the cast recording, enjoy, mm-hmm. and then go watch it. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, yeah. you're in for a treat. And then watch the one, I think it's from the Tonys, um, where they perform uh, applause on stage for the Tonys live. And let me just say, Jimmy, when they do the Oklahoma o Calcutta bit, yes, there are some things I didn't know you could do before Watershed Hours that they do on live television. <laughs> Exactly. Um, 1970s loving Jimmy was very happy on the <laughs> shall we say. But also, like, what the hell? I know, it's weird. It's totally weird. It's very weird. It's a weird... Have you watched it now? You you listening to the... You've watched it right now? You've gone and watched yeah, yeah, yeah. it? Great. Oh, now we're going to we're gonna talk about okay. it a little bit. Okay, um, good. Yeah. <laughs> They do like, like Tommy. Yeah, obviously I've already. Not, I know right. you've watched it. Um, it gets suggested to me on YouTube all the time. Like, do you want to watch this again? You've watched it like sixty times. Sixty times. Just I'm Google. I know all minutes. about you. Like, right. that's interesting. Yeah. Um, um, they do the the plot of the song is like, why do we do all this crazy shit? Oh, it's because people clap for us. Yeah. Um, and then they do kind of a mega mix of musicals. Which is also a thing that you see in a lot of contemporary musicals, but I don't think from the time. Um, yeah. Including a strip number about old Calcutta versus Oklahoma, which is one of my favorite play on words. Um, I mean, and there's, and there's roller skating and accordion playing and they juggle and... There's a bottle dance. Yeah. F- from Fiddler, like... 
Exactly. It's quite funny though because so the bottle dance and the like this Tony's version or wherever it's from mm-hmm. is really really good. Mm. The one that they do in the telecast is not good. Is not good. <laughs> and they, they like gently adjust the bottle as they descend, <laughs> and it's like oh, kind of spoiling the jewel. <laughs> okay. Um, it's so good. Yeah, it's good and weird, and it is. It's definitely one of those dance numbers where three quarters of the way through you're like, wait. Wasn't weren't we telling a story? Why what's yeah, no, why absolutely. why are we still dancing? So is that what dinner theater is? I uh, I don't think so. Because dinner <laughs> theater is this thing that lots of people seem to have done. Yeah. Do you not have right? dinner theater in Scotland? We don't have dinner theater. The closest thing what? that we we ever have or anything that I've experienced mm-hmm. is um there's you can go to like the Faulty Towers experience. Mm. Um and basically the the there's actors playing the characters from Faulty Towers. You know what Faulty Towers is? Yes, yes. Okay, good. Monty Python-esque, um, but not Monty Python. Yeah. At a hotel. Yes, at a hotel. Yes! Um, and, yeah, so, like, they, they like, serve dinner. It's abysmal. Mm-hmm. It's funny. And, yeah. and that that's the closest possible thing we have. We don't oh, have, like, you're I'd eating s- your meal and here's a concert. I will dis- demystify this for you. There are Thanks, all sorry. sorts of community theaters across America that can't make enough money just doing theater. Right. And so in an effort to do theater, they also sell food. And you can sell food on nights you don't do theater. And right. you can also charge more for the whole thing. Um, right. So it's like, picture, you know, a uh, relatively medium-sized community theater space. But instead of seats, it's tables. And then yeah, okay. you eat your dinner and you watch a show. Um, and then there are a couple spinoffs of that, like there's Tony and Tina's Wedding, which is more of an experience where usually there's um, food involved. They're doing something like this with Mamma Mia now, too, where you're like oh. at the wedding and they serve you food and then ABBA happens and then you shoot yourself. Um, maybe not the last a sequel to that now as well. <sighs> we are. It's the worst. I'm telling you, the Babadook, the Abaduke instead of Meryl Abad- Streep. Oh, my God. The Abaduke. Yeah. Instead of Meryl Streep. Instead of Meryl Streep, it's the Babadook. Everything the else Babadook. is exactly the same. Um, and at the end, they can go like, Babadook, instead of, it's Aphrodite. It's like the best moment. In the you know what I'm talking about? I try, I try to wipe all of Mamma Mia out of my mind. At the end, so it's like right at the end, and they're dancing away to whatever. Um, and then uh, the ground breaks and the fountain erupts. And Mel- Meryl Streep, in like half time, says, It's Aphrodite! And that's how it ends. And you're just like, What? I mean, that's. I probably left the theater before then. That's probably you what happened. <laughs> you were gone. Nah. Anyway. anyway um, um, Applause is a great number. <laughs> it really is. And that, so, I mean, if that is what dinner theater is like, I'm, I'm living there. Oh, I'm no. In. Lower your expectations. Okay. Um, but can we talk about some of, there's a bunch in uh, Applause, there's a bunch in But Alive, like the music and lyrics in this show yeah. are kick butt. Could you say kick butt? Yeah. That was incredible. I'm going to start using that. Kick what? butt? Kick butt. Yeah. It's like kick ass, but <laughs> no, vulgarized. Well, that's so fun. <laughs> Jimmy learned something new today, everyone. Kick butt. Oh my God, that is so kick butt. Oh, I love that. 
That's, that's really not nice. A, that's not a... Maybe it's an American Midwest. We don't really thing. say butt. We don't say butt. We say bum. Ah. Would you say kick bum? No. <laughs> I wouldn't. That doesn't have a But good we ring. don't really say... We don't say kick, like kick ass either. I would say kick ass because I'm an Americophile. Right. But we don't really, we don't really say that. Yes. We would just say, oh, spiffing. Oh, that's ruddy good. Is what we would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm never coming to the UK. Um, oh, that's fine. <laughs> But, or if we were in Scotland, we'd say, that's blah. And then you'd mumble a lot, and everyone would nod, and then drink their beer, and then go to work. Um, um, sorry, what was the point? Oh, Charles Dyson, yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Where else are you going to hear a lyric, I feel half Tijuana, half Boston, which is already great, Yeah. and then rhyme with partly Jane Fonda and partly Jane Austen. It's so good. It's a miracle of a lyric. What's and the it, jelly one? Uh, I'm stiff as Gibraltar and shaky as Shaky as Jello, but like, alive. Oh yeah, yeah. sorry, jelly, Jello, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the lyrics, the lyrics in that that song in particular, it, um, absolutely. Like it's like even just punchy and bleary and fresh out of magic. Like yeah, it's <sighs> it's like calling right back to the 30s where yeah. it was lyric, lyric, lyric and witty and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially in that number where it's gay anyway. Right. It's, just, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. It's so good. Younger um, than springtime, older than Moses. Um, so good. It's so good. Um, and and it sets you up that Margot Channing is an intelligent character. Um, yes. Actually, that's a really good point. That's a really that, good like, point. She can, she can turn a phrase. She has wit. Um, she did not just... Stum- like, I think this is... One of the implied differences between Margot and Eve is that Margot got to where she is because she's talented. Uh-huh. Um, there's never any insinuation that she slept with someone or dated someone or fell in love with someone to bring her to the top. It's like she is good at this and that's why she's here. Um, exactly. And I, I do think there's kind of an implicit comparison between her and Eve that way. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that's 100% there. And you're supp- I think you're really supposed to compare them. Yeah. And that's you know that's why she gets that reprise at the end. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have that punchy humor, yeah, in it. Do you know what I mean? It's much more cutting and it's much more like decisive. straight to the straight to the edge. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think as well, like uh, I think Charles Strauss is one of the best kind of musical theater composers out oh, there. I would agree. The man writes a tune like he absolutely writes a tune. I remember the first time I ever listened to Annie. Um, it was in my head for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He just, he gets it. I don't know what he does, but he just like yeah. taps into this just makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, and it's beautiful. And uh, it feels, it feels very defining of a genre. It feels very defining of like what the 50s, 60s, 70s of musical theater, like yeah. past the early golden age sort of stuff and the Cole Portery kind of, you know, really clever deep wordplay sort of stuff. And For like sure. evolving upon that and getting these complex, not particularly like form ABAB sort of songs yeah. um, that are still catchy as all get out. Absolutely. And like th- when the two of them come together, they mm-hmm. just do something extremely beautiful um, and they can really hit into a sentimental song. Yeah. Because, um, for example, with something like. Uh, applause mm-hmm. that is anyone who's a, a part of the theater mm-hmm. 
that is exactly why we do it and they do it so they describe it so right yeah um beautiful soaring magnificent roaring it's better than pop it's better than booze a shot of applause will stamp out the blues and it's like it's so true like yeah. that that you know all of this kind of like dark world that is attached to um fame and celebrity yeah it, it kind of gets cut across when you really think about we just want to be loved that's all you know yeah well and you get you get the the counterpoint in welcome to the theater like margo has that line that's like um what is it actors are children playing hide and ego seek yes what a brilliant turn of phrase so brilliant like uh, hide and ego seek (laughs) yeah and that's the thing is it's it's cutting and it's cynical yeah but but, I guess because it, it's when it's paired with applause, and yeah. obviously you know the whole show ends with applause. Yeah, you kind of you end with well, that. It's it's from a it's from a lovingness. It's from a and like certainly when Margot sings it in context, it is cutting. Um, yeah, but they it closed the Tonys that year. They yeah, sang "Welcome true. to the Theater" in a like non ironic way, in like "Welcome, it's great." Um, and you know you get like. Uh, welcome to the pinches from the stagehands. It's the only quiet thing they do. Like, that's in fun and is dark and is in fun. Um, uh-huh. And like, I think, you know, it's totally tied to the deepness of these characters that we talked about earlier that Margot seems to have this understanding of like, this world is crazy and there's some weirdness to it and some problems to it. And that's what makes it beautiful and terrifying and welcome good luck yeah exactly yeah that's so true ah it's just nice yeah it's a great show it's a really good show i wish more people had heard about it and listened to it it was certainly short-lived and isn't terribly you know i was worried i only watched the telecast for the first time in prep for this um, yeah. I'd seen bits and pieces, but it was the only time I sat through it all the way. Yeah, um, and I, I was expecting it to feel somehow more dated or like find the thing that's like, oh, this is why. This is why people don't do this. Uh, no. Oh, Tommy, completely. I, like I was kind of searching for it. I was like, yeah. where's the bit that's like, oh, God, right. Okay, right. Fair. Like we can't, you know, or like even if it's like, oh, the plot's really tied to everyone using a telephone that's attached to a wall. Like yeah. you find all sorts of things like that. You could put the you could put the show up right now with no changes, and it would and be entirely be appropriate and wonderful, and people would love it. Um, and you wouldn't even have to advertise it as like in that like Hello Dolly kind of way of like, oh, that old Broadway classic, Hello Dolly, come for the yeah. toe tapping too. It could be like applause, you know, the new revival, exactly, just as so, edgy I mean, as you remember. Yeah, so they did it at encores. Mm-hmm. Like, 2008 like, with eight. Christine Ebersole with Christine Ebersole yeah and like it was good do you know what I watched some of the footage from it mm-hmm. and it was a bit like I don't know there was something missing from it yeah there was something missing and it, I think it was just because it was an encore and it was obviously semi staged yeah um, but it didn't have the like sheer joy mm-hmm. that the the original had and I so I wonder if it's just I wonder if we're now just too cynical in the twenty first century for it. Do you know what maybe. I mean? Maybe we're maybe we're all just a bunch of eaves. Yeah, but I think that's the perfect reason to do it. Is it's the well, perfect no, it's agree. the balance of that cynicism with like it's that 
because I see this a lot with my Twitter contemporaries and my peer contemporaries. Yeah. There is certainly a deep-rooted cynicism in our life right now. I see it a whole bunch with my high school kids. Um, yeah. Like, the future's bleak. The world is heating up too fast. There's a million reasons to be sad about the world. Um, and there's, like, this just never-ending pit of cynicism that seems to bathe the whole world right now. Yeah. And, like, a musical like this that is joyness joyfulness seeped in cynicism that says like life can be sucky and crappy and great all at once and it's not a zero-sum game like i i think applause would do really well with an audience today especially if like you know can you imagine they revive applause right now with like some with like i don't know this isn't the best example, but like with Topanga from Boy Meets World or like some 90s or 80s child you, star. Yeah, who would, who would it be? Someone like that and like pull like out. Like Winona Ryder. Yeah. And like who people recognize and like, oh, remember when you were and then like pull on that nostalgia string, which is all totally. the rage right now. You just ask the Power Rangers. Um, yeah. Oh, completely. Like, I I think, you know, and who knows? We've done this before where we've done a podcast about a show and a week later, Broadway Buzz is like, hey, guess what? They're reviving it. So exactly. Cross your fingers, everyone. applause that was applause i'm sure we're, everyone is clapping right back. now yeah exactly and we're back <laughs> and we're back everyone relax <laughs> chill out we're here we're queer we don't want any more beer that's a lie we do that's true um, <laughs> absolutely maybe, maybe that would be the subtitle of our our podcast jim and tom but i mean that actually works quite happy well. hour we're queer we're, we're here. here we need more beer we do want yeah uh-huh. Ooh, if we do like a broadway con panel or something uh-huh that that'd be watch what? out broadway con what do you mean jim and tom's musical theater happy hour we're here we're queer we've got beer but we need to make that scan better. We'll work it out. <laughs> we'll workshop it. We'll try it out in Philadelphia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll meet some rave reviews and there'll be big hype. Uh, transatlantically, it'll be great. Yeah. Um, Panicked okay. calls to Sondheim at 1 a.m. Help us, please. Yeah, can you help us make this scan and rhyme? <laughs> Jimmy, you've got a quiz question for us. Surprisingly, yes. I think, um, I think this is going to be a rough one. <laughs> I think we'll be okay. I don't know. I the don't last know. one was so hard. It so really was. I feel was, like so... we should really make it easy, but 
oh well um <laughs> that's fine uh so okay this i quite like this one it's it's kind of like a a riddle it is it is a riddle wrapped in, this. wrapped in an enigma it's not really a riddle it's just a piece of trivia <laughs> exactly it is um so tommy jimmy the musical that we are talking about next week mm-hmm. had music and lyrics by Stephen Schwartz. Ooh. But not the Stephen Schwartz you're thinking of. Dun, dun, dun. It's Wicked. We're doing Wicked, right? Yeah, we're doing Wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just when I say, like, not the Stephen Schwartz you're thinking of, it just means because, like, you know, it's, like, the best one. It's, like, <laughs> the perfect persona of Stephen Schwartz. So it's like, yeah. It's just like that. So, yeah. Oh, we give it away. Oh. Yep. Um, if you want to get in contact with us, I'm Musical Mash on Twitter and Musical Theater Mash on the YouTubes. And I am, as I was going to say, I am Jimmy. <laughs> That's my name. Um, I am, as in Hendrix, on Twitter and YouTube. And we've got a show Twitter, Jim and Tomic, or check out our website, jimandtomic.com, which has show notes and link to the Reddit discussion. And all of you do this anyway, and you're wonderful people for doing it. You absolutely are. And you know what would make you extra wonderful? If you hopped over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your things on and leave us a little, little overview. It does us wonderful things. It really, really does. Um, and and it, just makes, it just makes Jimmy happy, really. It actually does. It truly does. I remember when we had that little reading, I got well emotion. That's true. He cried into his Betty Davis shirt. <laughs> T-shirt. It's stained now, but it's worth it. It's stained <laughs> with your tears, everyone. Um, so, hey, we're back, so we'll see you next week. See you then. I live for the applause, applause, applause. I live for the applause, applause. live for the applause, applause. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.